This is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 38 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Just as it is a great aggravation of a man's evil for him to rejoice immoderately in his own private comforts when the church is in affliction, when the public suffers grievous and hard troubles, if any man shall then rejoice and give liberty to himself at that time to satisfy his flesh to the uttermost in all outward comforts, this greatly aggravates his sin. So, on the contrary, for any man to be immoderately troubled for any private afflictions when it goes well with the public, with the churches, is a great aggravation of his sin. It may be that when the church of God was lowest and it went worst in other parts, yet you did abate none of the comforts of your flesh but gave full liberty to satisfy your flesh as formerly, know that this was your sin. So on the other side, when we have received such mercies in public, all our private afflictions should be swallowed up in the public mercies. We should think with ourselves, though we be afflicted for our part, yet, blessed be God, it goes well with the church and with the public interest. Thus, the consideration of that should mightily quiet our hearts in all our private discontents, and if it does not do so, know that our sin is much increased by the mercies of God which are abroad. Now, shall God's mercies aggravate our sins? This is a sad thing. It is to turn the mercies of God to be our misery. Did you not pray to God for these mercies which God sent of late to the public? These great victories that God has given, did you not pray for them? Now you have them. Is not there enough in them to quiet your heart for some private trouble you meet with in your family? Is not there goodness enough there to cure your discontent? Certainly, such mercies were not so worthy to be prayed for, except they have so much excellence in them as to countervail some private afflictions. Public mercies are the aggravation of private discontent. It is so of public discontent, too. If we receive so many public mercies, and yet if everything goes not in the public according as we desire. We are discontented at that. It will greatly aggravate our sin. God may say, What? Shall I bestow such mercies upon a people? And yet, if they have not everything they would have, they will be discontented? Oh, it is exceedingly evil. So in particular, with the mercies that concern yourself, your family. If you would consider, you have many more mercies than afflictions. 
I dare boldly aver it concerning anyone in this congregation. Let your afflictions be what they will. There is not one of you but has more mercies than afflictions. Objection. You will say, yes, but you do not know what our afflictions are. Our afflictions are such as you do not conceive of because you do not feel them. Answer. Though I cannot know what your afflictions are yet, I know what your mercies are, and I know they are so great that I am sure there can be no afflictions in this world as great as the mercies you have. If it were only this mercy that you have this day of grace and salvation continued to you, it is a greater mercy than any affliction. Set any affliction beside this mercy and see which would weigh heaviest. This is certainly greater than any affliction. That you have the day of grace and salvation, that you are not now in hell, this is a greater mercy. That you have the sound of the gospel still in your ears, that you have the use of your reason. This is a greater mercy than your afflictions, that you have the use of your limbs, your senses, that you have the health of your bodies. Health of body is a greater mercy than poverty is an affliction. No man who is rich, if he is wise and has a sickly body, would not part with all his riches that he might have his health. Therefore, your mercies are more than your afflictions. We find in Scripture how the Holy Ghost aggravates the sin of discontent from the consideration of mercies. You have a notable Scripture for this in the 16th of Numbers, verse 8 and following. It is a speech of Moses to Korah and his company when they murmured. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, that is something that you are sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them? Korah and his company were murmuring, but mark how Moses aggravates this. Seemeth it a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, etc. You see, it is a great honor that God puts upon a man, a great mercy that he bestows upon any man to separate him from others, for himself, to come near to him, to employ him in the service of the tabernacle, to minister to the congregation in holy things. This is a great mercy, and indeed, it is such a mercy that one would think there should be none upon whom God bestows such a mercy who would have a murmuring heart for any affliction.
It is true. Many ministers of God meet with hard things which might discourage them and trouble and grieve their spirits, but this consideration that God is pleased to employ them in such a service near to himself, that they, though they cannot do good to themselves, yet they may do good to others, this should quiet them. And yet, in the tenth verse, And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also? Have you not enough already? But still, you are discontented with what you have, and must have more. Do you seek still more? Seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron, that ye murmur against him? What? Has God given you such things, and yet will you be murmuring because you cannot have more? Methinks that this place should keep ministers from murmuring, no matter what afflictions and crosses and unkind dealings they meet with from men. Yet still, they should go on with hearts quiet and discomforted in the work that God has set them about and labor to countervail all their afflictions by being more abundant in the work of the Lord. That is the first text of Scripture that shows how the mercies we enjoy are aggravations of the sin of murmuring. Then a second Scripture is in the second of Job, verse 10. It is a speech of Job to his wife. What, said Job, when his wife would have him curse God and die, which was a degree beyond murmuring, why, he said, thou speakest as one of the foolish women, shall we receive good at the hand of God and not evil? You see, Job helped himself against all murmuring thoughts against the ways of God with this consideration that he had received so much good from the Lord. What, though we receive evil, yet do we not receive good as well as evil? Let us set one against the other. That is the way we should go. In the seventh of Ecclesiastes, the 14th verse, you find a notable scripture whereby you may see what course is to be taken when the heart rises in murmuring? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. What should they consider? Mark what follows. God also hath set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. God also hath set the one over against the other. Thus, when you are in prosperity, then indeed every man can be joyful. But what if afflictions befall you? What then? Then consider. Consider what? That God hath set one over against the other. You have a great deal of affliction 
and you have had a great deal of prosperity. You have many troubles, and you have had many mercies. Make one column of mercies, and one column of afflictions, and write one against the other, and see if God has not filled one column as full as the other. You look altogether upon your afflictions, but look upon your mercies also. For instance, it may be God has afflicted you in one child, but he has been merciful to you in another child, set one against the other. God afflicted David in Absalom, but he was merciful to David in Solomon. And therefore, when David cried out, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, if he had thought of Solomon and cried, Oh, Solomon, my son, my son, it would have quieted him. And it may be God has been merciful to you in a wife or in your husband. Set that against your affliction. It may be God crosses you in your possessions, but that he employs you in his service. It may be you are afflicted in some of your friends, but you have other friends who are great mercies to you. And therefore, you should set one against the other, and it concerns you to do so. For those mercies will be aggravations of your sins, and you had better make God's mercies a means to lessen your sins than to be the aggravation of your sins. If you do not make the mercies of God help you against your murmuring, you will make them aggravations of the sin of murmuring. This concludes episode 38 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.